You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This episode number 298, we're discussing Hawkeye episode 1 and 2, The Book of Boba Fett, and Jurassic World Dominion. I'm on your host, Tim. I'm Troy. I'm Carlos. And I'm Ian. And he's here. No special introduction. He's part of the Nerd Room. We've got a full table this evening, breaking down various parts of Nerddom, including Hawkeye episodes one and two. You may have heard some of our thoughts over on the live stream, which was hosted on our channel by Vigilante1939, but you're going to get a deeper dive here, and you're also going to get Carlos's real opinion tonight while he has Troy here to back him up. Brought the big guns, but I brought Ian with me to break that one down a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, who who exactly brought back up to this, <laughs> this one? But, but, <laughs> <laughs> so look Bruce forward to that here every week man but uh yeah look forward to that in just a few minutes we're also going to break down the two teasers very short teasers from the book of boba fett celebrating one month out from the debut of the next star wars disney plus show we are one month out exactly from this recording for the book of boba fett to drop so very excited about that and we're also going to bring in a little bit of that beyond this week with drastic world dominion they dropped that summer prologue on us the one that was in front of fast nine and we got to see that in all its glory so excited to break that down because i know carlos has been spending a bit of time creating the park and doing his thing and he's going to bring some nuance and some new understanding to drastic world's dominion here and i know you're antsy to talk about that right carlos (laughs) Oh, I know, man. I think I've spent more time at that job than my real job, <laughs> to be honest. Absolutely incredible. So we've got a full slate here, guys. We're not going to waste any time jumping into it. So let's head over to This Week in Nerd. All right, guys. Welcome to This Week in Nerd, where we break down the latest and greatest from the world of nerd. And we're going to kick this one off with... The Book of Boba Fett. This past week, we got two trailers, one entitled Rain and the other that dropped today entitled Message, breaking down more or less the trailer that we've seen already into shorter 30-second clips, but we do get little frames of new things, including our man Boba Fett in a back-to-tank and a few other clip scenes from Jabba's Palace. This really looks like it's probably from the first episode where we have him moving into Jabba's realm back onto Tatooine with Fennec here. So Ian, I'm going to go to you first here. Let's, let's bring your thoughts in about the book of Boba Fett. These two teasers, they don't add a whole bunch of context to the world of the book of Boba Fett to what we're going to see here in just a month's time. But at a minimum, does this bring up your hype level? Are you getting more and more into this? Are you ready for the book of Boba Fett? Oh man, I've never been more ready. I've been ready since I was, Four years old, have been holding my my Kenner Boba Fett figure, man. Like this is this is it for me. I mean, before this show, I was like looking around this little room that I'm in now, just counting how many Bobbers I have on display, and there are 19 Bobbers on display in this room, <laughs> including two Hot Toys, pictures everywhere. I've got some art up here. I mean, like this this is my guy, man, and and I've been super excited. 
Um, you just saying it's a month away. I didn't even think about that, man. It just gives me gives me goosebumps you saying that. And yeah, seeing these two, even these two little teasers, uh, yeah, it just brings up that height level. I mean, we've seen a lot of the stuff before. Um, seeing him in a back to uh, tank is is pretty cool because he does look like he's in better condition than he was mm -hmm. in the Mandalorian. Um, and yeah, we can also see how he can kind of heal since he got out of that that Sarlacc. Um, but yeah, man, like I I really can't wait. And just seeing him like you know being a bit of a a gang lord and you know taking a different approach to it is pretty cool. Um, recently, I finished reading the the War of the Bounty Hunters mm -hmm. comics. And the way that ends, like, you know, some of that is can tie in. It's, it's quite interesting and it's quite exciting because there are characters that we have seen in other comics and other content, which could come across at this point. Like it all kind of comes together really well. Um, it's nicely timed. And I do think we're going to see some familiar faces from other movies and other comic books. So, yeah, man, like super excited, hyped, can't wait. Oh, man, you got me more excited to read the War of the Bounty Hunters because my pull list has been pulling all of those. I have a humongous stack, but I've not read a single frame of one of those, single panel of that book. So that's actually got me a bit more a bit more excited to read that one, maybe motivate me a little bit here to tie into the, the book of Boba Fett. Troy, mm -hmm. are we going to see Boba Fett emerging from that Sarlacc? That we're certainly going to see how he gets better. But do we need to see him and go back a little bit further? Because we're five years out from Return of the Jedi, I believe, three to five years. And there's a bit of a gap here. Do we need to backfill this in this story? Or are you okay to go point forward from what we're seeing in this trailer right now? You know what? I'm cool, to be honest, without it. But I think we're getting it full on, man. This this is this is Carlito's way rise to power, man. Meets Boba Fett in hmm. Star Wars. Like, this is the gangster flick that everyone's kind of wanted out of the Star Wars universe. And I feel like um, not only we're we going to go back to that moment of him coming out of the pit, I feel like we're going to get flashbacks, pretty much everything from Mace Windu and up, like him being traumatized by the death of his dad, holding onto that helmet through the Clone Wars, cool, cool. the gap between Rebels. I think we're going to get like some really deep cuts and takes on Boba Fett, his training throughout the galaxy, all these other bounty hunters that he's in, um, had encounters with. Like I think they're going to go all in. And uh, I, I'm all here for Like I've never been the biggest um, Boba Fett guy. But I really feel like ever since the rumored, or actually, like the, I think it's Greenland, it was Greenland, the Josh Trank film, the director from Chronicle was meant to go and give us that Boba Fett film. I was pretty hyped at that time, got taken away from us, but we've always wanted that Boba Fett, that Obi-Wan movie, and um, well, now we're getting two TV series out of them, especially for Dave Filoni and, um, uh, I'm forgetting his Favreau. name right now, Happy, Favreau, John Favreau, obviously he's been a big Boba Fett guy <laughs> as much as Ian here it seems, and he's obviously been wanting to do this film for quite some time, but what better platform than to do it on a Disney Plus, whatever, six or eight episode series that we're getting, but uh, I think we're in for a treat, man, I really just can't wait to see this gangster flick, like, you know, Jabba has always kind of had that presence of being like the mobster, but now we got this guy mm -hmm. cutting the head off of him, well, the, the guy underneath him, and now becoming the next kind of dude to run uh, Tatooine, and um, I'm just all in there, man. Especially with like Finnick too, like the buildup of them, like these other uh, characters that we've had alongside with um, Boba. It's just um, it's something cool and something different in Star Wars that we haven't quite seen yet. And the yeah. armor is looking great too. The armor looks really yeah. great throughout the trailer. And uh, yeah, man, I can't wait. Cannot wait. <laughs> now, Carlos, you and I did a 
a show or I guess a YouTube show here with our, our man, Chris Coelho. So we'll, we'll link that below. That was focused more on Star Wars visions. But in that discussion, we talked about the familiarity of Star Wars and this Boba Fett, these two little trailers that we do see, there's a lot of familiar Star Wars things. And we've talked about how that is a bonus sometimes and something that props up the show, but it also pulls the show down or at least puts handcuffs on it. Where's this one sitting when you see these these two trailers you know you've seen Jabba's Palace Tatooine a lot of familiar species and all that but is that going to hamper this or is that going to elevate this do you believe oh I think it'll elevate it for sure because Boba he's such an enigma and you watch this trailer and he's got he's got some swagger and he's got some agency to him and we've never seen that before right so it'll be cool to see him negotiate this world in a way that we've never had before like they kind of insinuated in the movies but obviously we've never seen anything with that and um, if we get some stuff from like back in the day from the prequels and the get them, dad, get them like I'll, I'll be looking forward to that. But uh, e- even if it's just this guy, like Troy drew the analogy to Carlito's way, like his rise to power and him taking that brass ring and, um, you know, the, the gangster lore in Star Wars, it's underappreciated. But like it, it is definitely there. And once they establish this then you can kind of move forward and backwards from there and tie into some of the things that were insinuated in Solo in some of the stuff with the mall and the comic books. So, yeah, the possibilities are endless. But, yeah, I think the familiar surroundings will just make it an easier entry into yeah. a different type of story that they mm. seem to be telling with this one. So, yeah, man, I think, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I fully agreed here. And when we're talking about familiar, you notice that when they're having this big mobster meeting, they're all precariously sitting above what looks to be the Rancor Pit. And our man Rick, he put something into my head over the weekend that that whole table is going to drop into that Rancor Pit. And I have to ask you guys, because I'm struggling here. I'm struggling a little bit. My Rancor that I backed a few episodes ago, the HasLab project, not doing so swell. We're sitting currently at just over 4,700 backers of the 9,000 needed with only seven days to go. So I need to know, if there's a Rancor in here and they slap a Mandalorian tag on the side of it instead of Return of the Jedi, does this thing get backed? Will we see a Rancor? I'm putting it out to any one of you there. Will we see a Rancor in this? We have to, right? We have to. Oh, yeah. Like, he's he's one of the seminal characters yeah. of Return of the Jedi, right? The fact is that mm. a movie that came out in 1983... They're making this massive toy of. In well, I don't know if they're gonna make it anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, I yeah, I think. I don't know. Wouldn't have... they have waited? If they, I guess they wouldn't know, but would they have waited? Because man, that that mm. rancor is not coming out, man. I'm mm. telling you now. That's, but we're halfway with seven days to go. No, I. It's gonna take a miracle, and I have all the faith in the world. But there's the detractors online are just very very strong. <laughs> I, so I've hard. lost a bit of faith in the fact that it's gonna get back. I thought this thing was a for sure. But what if it's like a, a Mando Rancor? Yeah, but like, why would... Because, I mean, I don't know. Boba in this says that he wants people to respect him, not fear him. And why would he just drop everybody into a Rancor pit? I don't know. To sell toys. And like, how would you... <laughs> <laughs> true, yeah, true. But I don't know. Like, it's a... I mean, we got to see like a baby one in... um, What was that? In the Bad Batch? Yeah. I don't know if they're overdoing it, if they start bringing in Rancors. I mean... It's supposed to be kind of a bit rare. If they, if you can just pick up a new Rancor for your Rancor pit, it kind of takes away from it a little bit. I don't know if I, I want to see 
another ankle. Yeah. You know, I would I'd rather say... see some other characters that 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 you know we've seen in other things come back, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I do love that idea though from Rick. I think that would really set especially like the first episode. Um that would set mm-hmm. the tone because you know with the stakes that we had in Mando season two, we obviously had the uh the dragon, right? And that looked yeah amazing if they could even up the game even more by giving us the full-on ranker at the bottom i think visually it could be pretty cool but uh i I agree with ian i think it'd be a weird mistake for marketing purposes from hasbro at least for not waiting to release that after this episode dropped because then you could kind of ran that wave but doing it now with such little time would be weird so well it's gonna end before this debut yeah it's gonna end right so i mean i would have liked to seen it but i don't know if that's gonna happen i don't know is it a difference no. maker though, Troy? Do you think if this had a Mando tag slapped on mm-hmm. it and like the exact same thing, yeah, but instead of being returns, it's Mando? Does it does it get backed at nine thousand? I don't know if it gets backed, but I think it makes I think it makes way more. It, yeah. it'd be doing a lot better than what it's doing right now. Because you said what's forty seven, and it's gone backwards. It was over five thousand at one point. Yeah, because I feel like there's just such a weird gap. I feel like even if this was a long time ago, like if we were going like um, Force Awakens era, because the hype was there for Star Wars, anything. Mm-hmm. But because it's like now it's like this weird space and like Star Wars, if you throw anything Mando, it's good. But if you throw anything before Star Wars, it's great. But in the middle is kind of awkward. And with this, without this having any like Mando tag, like you mentioned, I feel like it falls flat. So Yeah, I don't know about the tag, but like just if people knew that the Rancor was going to be in it, I think it would super stoke mm-hmm. excitement about the creature, mm. right? Like I, I would say no problem getting there if you know, the episode drops and Rancor gets this cool showcase. Yeah. Like, people would just be jacked and ready to go and be willing to open up their wallets. But I don't know, man. For your mm. sake, I hope I hope there's a groundswell or maybe they drop another trailer and tease him and he's um, sparks people's imaginations and they'd log on there. And Just think, though, if they had the, if they did with the Mando, the tiers that they could have, they could just have, like, you know, all these different characters from, from the Mandalorian or mm. from that scene. Yeah. And, you know, it'd be, it'd be pretty cool. Like, what, we, what did they get? We got, like, a backdrop some little yeah. rocks or something yeah. and then you know i mean you could have actually had some characters that people don't have yeah that would also get people in yeah exactly yeah Twilik, that'd be great yeah and i think that's where this is my opinion on the tier stuff i think it's fine like you should be buying the rancor but i do see the argument of as to why people are upset that the tiers aren't anything brand new like a rancor keeper is probably the thing that should have been in there but if I'm going to take a wild stab in the air, I'm guessing that's, an, that's going to be an exclusive somewhere, and that's been locked up. And so that really mm-hmm. can't debut with this. So like Walmart mm-hmm. or Target or Best Buy or someone has that for the Return of the Jedi 40th anniversary stuff that they've been doing. That We see that kind of all over the place because there's no other logical explanation to me why a Rancor Keeper hasn't been included in one of the tiers, even just the last one. It's the most enticing character that we don't have. It would have to be a brand new mold, brand new character, and it pairs so well with the Rancor. And so there's something funny going on in here that most of these were were repacks, or all of them were repacks, I guess. Hey guys, Tim here. Just a quick update. After we recorded this episode, Hasbro released an update to the HasLab Rancor where they did, in fact, add the Rancor Keeper to the first tier of this project. And so you'll be able to get a Rancor Keeper if this meets that 9K backing, what they said is that the Black Series Rancor Keeper figure will be a base offering funded at the 9,000 units. It'll be uncarded and ready for action. He comes with his gaff stick, 
for Gaffy Stick, inspired by Star Wars Return of the Jedi. This figure is in active development, and they will share the renders as part of our backer updates if the project successfully moves into production. So this figure didn't exist. It was not actually going to be an exclusive anywhere, at least in the relative near term. So guys, get out there. We got the Rancor Keeper. Get out there and back this before December 6th so that I can get my giant Rancor. All right, back to you, Carlos, and your crying Rancor variant discussion. Yeah, hmm. or just do like a crying variant of the Rancor Keeper, right? Yeah, that's exclusive to the <laughs> yeah. to the. Yeah. I love that. But like, I, I I'm it. actually like serious about it. Like, I think that would be a way to get around that exclusivity if that's the case. Like, love yeah. it. Yeah. was there never a six inch version? They've never released. Not Rancor, no. Like in three, about three, three, three oh, quarter. Yeah, they, must, they they did right. I don't know if like in the new vintage, but there's yeah, there's all kinds of. I got a couple Rancor Keepers. I've got a vintage one, and I've got a Power of the Force one as well. So okay, yeah, yeah I know they because there was the rancor in the three three uh, three quarter scale, because that was one of the the black series I could actually buy here because nobody was picking it up. Yeah, that's... that kind of already made me think it's mm. not going to be that popular because right. nobody bought that one. That's a good point because right. there's two big sets. There was the Adat or the ATST with Chewbacca. There was in that black series three three quarter inch box, and then there was a rancor. And that Rancor sat here forever, too. And my, I remember my wife saying, like, do you want to grab that? And I was like, ah, you know what? No, it's 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 too big. <laughs> and the, But I don't do the three three-quarter inch unless it's part of the force now. But interesting you say that. I never really thought about that, that that Rancor sat for years. It just until I'd they... much rather have that one than the 16th six, the scale, mm -hmm. just because of the size. Like, yeah. that, that 16th scale is, I mean, his arms are ridiculously long. Nah. Like, I wouldn't know where you put that thing. <laughs> I got a spot right here already cleared out for it. <laughs> 2023, Just I'm waiting hugging, for it. Hugging your dressy pot yeah. compound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we'll, we'll keep, I guess, by this time next week, we will know if this got backed or not. So they haven't charged my credit card yet. And so it's going to be a little bit of a nice relief this time of year to not have that 400 and so dollars, Canadian dollars, charged my credit card. But. I'm going to be disappointed at the same time if it doesn't get back. So go out there and back it. It's going to be the Mandalorian. You heard it here first. So that that's going to be a Mando and a Return of the Jedi Rancor. Serves both purposes. <laughs> but guys, let's let's get into it. We're going to we're going to stick with Disney Plus here and quote unquote our main event for this evening. We're going to talk Dominion in a little bit here, and we're going to let Carlos go a little wild on Jurassic World. But before we get there, we got to talk about Hawkeye episode one and two it's the fourth marvel mcu disney plus outing 421 the fourth and last you know following wandavision the falcon winter soldier loki Th these are big shows and i feel like we've been talking what was it came out first wandavision i feel like that came out mid 2020 mm. like this year has just been enormous and also very small and confined when it comes to our personal lives. And so talking about the fourth show on top of the four movies, well, we've gotten three, the fourth one's coming here in just a few weeks. And look, we got, we got some discussion to have a little detail here, but again, like our reviews, like we ran last week with ghostbusters afterlife, go check out that review. If you have not, but I'm going to steal a page here from Carlos's review manual and I'm just going to uncork here. I'm going to let you guys have a bit of a bit of time to give your high-level thoughts. A couple sentences, a couple paragraphs, whatever you want to put to it. And then we'll jump into some of the nuances, some of the details around Kate Bishop and Clint Barton and that. So 
I really want to go to Troy here first. Mm. I'm I'm immensely interested to hear because I, I kind of know where Carlos is sitting. I kind of know where Ian's sitting. You're a bit of an enigma, my friend, and I really want to know <laughs> where you're sitting here with Hawkeye episodes one and two. So your high level thoughts, give it to me, okay. Troy. Let me hear it. Okay. Well, first of all, thank God. Thank God there was an episode two because episode one. <laughs> was not doing for me whatsoever. It was really hard. Like, Carlos had to talk me into watching episode two. A bunch of buddies at work had to talk me into watching episode two. So episode one, though, um, you know, it opened up pretty cool. And I got, I like my man here. This is this is why Bruce is my guy, because he called it on the, <laughs> on the show. Like, the blueprint was laid out already, man. BVS all day, right? Like, it, it, it totally makes that BVS, you know, Metropolis scene going on. Obviously not as good, but um, I do like the fact that they went back <laughs> to it. I, think. <laughs> I like, oh, I, I like, I like bombs. that they, I, I like that they went back to it though. I thought that was kind of an interesting take because I do like, you know, even with the Netflix shows, we always um addressed the 2012 event as a, as the event, mm-hmm. right? The the alien kind of invasion, and um, I thought it was kind of neat. Uh, visually it was okay, and I I thought like her being inspired by Hawkeye was kind of cool, but also very predictable. I think we all kind of knew where the scene was gonna go. But the acting right off the bat in the scene pulled me out pretty hard. Like, my goodness, like the mom, the, the mother and the father having the little banter. I was like, really? Like, this is this isn't good. Hopefully it gets better. And then this the, the scene ends, this whole scene ends with her being inspired by Hawkeye. That's fine. But they're at the funeral and the mom's like, anything, anything you want, dear, anything you need, you let me know. And she looks at the camera basically and is like, all I need is a bow and arrow. And I was like, get <laughs> out of here. Like, who, who is writing this show? Like, I don't, I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. Somebody please tell me I'm wrong because the dialogue was absolutely horrendous in this show. Like, this makes like, I don't know, old school CW, Smallville, whatever you want, look way better in writing at least. But, you know, um, we, we jump forward and I'm a massive fan of Steinfeld. I loved her from edge of 17 and bumblebee i thought she was great so she she's she's good she's solid um but it's the way they've written kate bishop and it's been a while since i read that that fraction book um i can't remember kate bishop being like this like she's she's kind of goofy and she makes very careless mistakes like over and over again to the point where i'm like uh like really like aren't you a little bit better than this the dialogue continues to get a little poor for me. I don't want to do a whole rundown of episode one, but I, as you can tell, I really didn't like episode one. I really absolutely struggled with this one. I felt like it was the weakest MCU show started that we've seen, but our good friend of ours, actually Elliot um, did talk. Uh, he did mention on Twitter, like, you know, they've all kind of started off a little rough with the MCU shows, but they do, you know, eventually kind of get better. So that was also some words of wisdom that helped me carry on into episode two. <laughs> and I, and, I, and I, I do feel like episode two, was significantly better it's it's still i'm not blown away completely i think clint though i think clint is the star of the show i know it's been the light's been shined on um kate bishop but for me for me jeremy renner is the one that really is the one that's keeping me going i think every scene that he's in is great i love his family aspect especially because in the original comic like he didn't have a family so it's kind of cool that they inserted them at least for a little mm. bit but now they've taken them out and now it's going to get a little bit more gritty to um to uh well a little more faithful to the comic at least it seems but uh for me that's like my kind of high volume right there i dare you guys to prove me wrong come on let's hear it okay. <laughs> let's we'll, hear we'll, it. we'll get we'll get there and i promise you troy we'll, we'll, we'll touch back on kate all bishop right. here because right. there's there's parts there's parts that i can see 
And there's other parts I'm like, I think some of this is on purpose. But (laughs) we will get there. We will get there. Ian, lay lay your thoughts on us here about Hawkeye episodes one and two. Uh, Yeah, I guess for me, like I I kind of went into this one knowing or kind of guessing what it was going to be like. And I think this is the big difference with the other shows. Just with the other shows, like I kind of had an idea and they were completely different. They kind of threw me off. And it was in, in a good way. With this one, like the way they advertised it, I felt it was executed as they advertised it as I thought it would be. And I kind of like that. Like, you know, I, I I was kind of just hoping for a bit of a kind of a little cheesy, easygoing kind of Christmas show, you know, leading up to the holidays. Something a little different than what we'd had before. And I think that's exactly what, what we're being given. Like, there's not really much hidden in this show at the moment. And you know what you see is what you get and i think it's it's probably targeted to a wider audience and I, I i do like that you know i watched it with my my wife and daughters and they all loved it and you know they wouldn't be able to watch any of the other shows you, my wife my wife did but my kids wouldn't you know understand what's going on in one division or, or loki but they really like this one and i think that's that's a, a good thing you know especially if it has that holiday yeah kind of direction yeah. um yeah. so so yeah and for me like i, th- I thought it's bit, bit i thought it was good like the, the first episode i i can see where troy's coming from and i do think some of the dialogue is like that and as you said with um steinfeld like she's she's great in everything like i mean she's such a great actress in like true grit yes i f- actually actually found out recently there's a show on netflix which has become my favorite show of the year called arcane which is an animation mm-hmm. and i didn't even know until i finished the show that she's actually the lead in that show like she does the voice acting in that show so you know she's appeared in in one of the best shows i've seen in in ages um so you know, i mean I, I do really like her but I did find it a little goofy at times. I think for some some parts, you know, the fight scenes where she's kind of hitting people with bottles and it's making that kind of boink noise, and <laughs> some of the sound effects, you know, she she grabs the guy with his with her legs and he makes this crunching sound. I'm like, okay, so this is what we're getting. It's kind of a little exaggerated. Mm. It's a little silly, but as soon as I accepted that and I kind of knew it anyway, I really really enjoyed it and I really got into the show like. Both episodes I thought were really good. Um, of course, Renner's is, is great. Um, the one part that kind of threw me off a little in the second se- second episode was the the medieval thing. Is it the laughing or whatever they yeah. do? <laughs> like, that just took me back to that uh, <clears throat> that movie Role Models, is it? Is it yeah. Role Models? Yeah, I think so. With and Rudd they do and... a very... S- with Rudd, Paul Rudd. It's very similar. There's a, this really similar scene. It's, it's almost exactly the same. And I thought, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a little silly, but I I get where they're going. And as a Christmas as a Christmas show, I, I really did enjoy it. Like, you know, there's there's a, there was a Netflix show that came out. No, it wasn't Netflix. Um, H was it HBO Max? The eight eight bit mm. Christmas. I think Carlos yeah. watched. And I felt, see the similarities. You know, the acting's not great. The child acting isn't isn't perfect. Um, it's a little goofy. It's a little silly, but it's kind of really directed towards families and to a wider audience and it's it's just fun to watch like Mm -hmm. i i sat there for those two episodes and i had a really good time i really enjoyed it so so yeah i think it's just the way that you approach it and the expectations that you have i guess Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right carlos you know we we sat in a live stream 
on Friday evening, and you, you were a little quiet at times, a little quiet at times. And so I am. You're on your show. You're at your home base here. Let's hear yeah. some of those thoughts. Well, no, I I just uh, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't quiet on purpose. I just uh, I I knew I'd uh, this would be a more representative <laughs> round table, and uh, you know not. Uh, I, I don't like to put on airs and like give the full high fives where they don't belong. So <laughs> I uh, I didn't want to do that. So that's that's why I was just like, you know what? Wait till we get to home base. And uh, that that was a vigilante show. Didn't want to bring it down at all. So it's just like, yeah, you know, let's go. But uh, yeah, off the hop, I gotta say the show looks great. It's mm-hmm. got that uh, big budget cinematic feel. It looks and comes across like any big budget movie that's filmed in New York. So it looks really good, but man, like I'm with Troy with like the story execution and the acting. It, it is just, it's almost as though Marvel has gotten so big that they feel like they don't have to try as hard anymore. And you could almost see, the whiteboarding, like some of those things that Tim or uh, Ian was talking about with the the slapstick comedy pieces and the LARPing thing. It, it's almost just like, ah, let's do, let's do a riff on this. Cause it'd be funny. And like, I, I felt like Clint when he was in that LARP sometimes watching this show, because like he's great and Haley Seinfeld <laughs> is great. But like anytime you bring Vera Farmiga or any of the supporting cast, and especially like the stepdad character who's doing like the PG thirteen version of his Better Saul <laughs> call, Better Call Saul character, it, it was just it was cringy and almost like let's put it this way: probably the perfect way I can put a pin in this is if this didn't have the Marvel Studios tag on it and wasn't part of the MCU, mm. would anybody be watching it past episode one? No, I wouldn't. No way. No way. <laughs> like, like there is. I, I think you're wrong, man. I think I think more people are gonna watch this than any of the other shows. It has the lowest ratings. It has the lowest uh, first first episode uh, views. Oh, does first it? Five, yeah, yeah, first five days. Yeah. It's like significant. Re- reviews or rating ratings? Views like watching. Just watches. Yeah. Views really? Wow. Yeah. Because I what? thought this was targeted to a wider audience. I thought maybe the the kind of general audience would would jump on this one a lot more than the others because you don't really need any background knowledge yeah. for this one you don't need to do all that research well, you don't, don't you need though the brain like power. everything about clint is predicated on his past experiences through everything that happened with natasha all the way through that's assuming that you had like how many people in haven't endgame. seen infinity war and endgame yeah that's what i mean i mean outside of the movies though i mean i mean outside of that content like one division i had to kind of learn about some of these other characters and other you know, things that I'd, I'd never looked at before. And then with Loki, you know, you'd have to know about Kang and stuff, like, to appreciate it fully. Whereas with, with this one, do you need anything other than the movies? Maybe not. But at the same time, like, th- that that's not even really my point. Like, my point is, is the quality of the show. Is it good enough to draw you in and keep you there, right? Like, mm. you... You walk into Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and if you don't know anything else, you know that a Captain America died, and now this guy has inherited the shield, and he doesn't know if he's up to the task. He kind of 
puts it aside and then sees the ramifications of that happening and the show plays out, right? And then the more you know, the better the show is and the more you get out of it. Whereas with this one, like, I can't say that it's a, a good, like, it felt like a network TV show. And so it was like, if I was watching ABC and this show came on, would I tune in next week for the next episode? Probably not. No. I was pushed, um, man. I was pushed. Y'all pushed me. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, a good point. Well, and I think that to, to that point, I don't want to cut you off here, Carlos, mid, mid go here, but because I, I find it intriguing and interesting your point about if I had watched this in isolation, if this is part of a new series drop, do you are you intrigued enough to keep going with this? My answer, to be honest with you, is probably close to Troy's. Like I I don't know. But because there's so much built into this and the way that they've constructed this universe, I have to watch this. I mean right. I'm invested in this both emotionally and because I've seen everything. And is that an excuse? I don't know. Well, like, it's basically doing it out of obligation, right? Like, it's... Yeah. Well, I'm just interested to see where it goes, right? Like, I want to see the story play out. Not, I'm not watching it because we have to review it or because I feel... No, I got you. But, like, my point is, is if it was a high-quality piece of programming, you'd dive in and, and you'd soak it up. Like, I'm watching um, The Shrink Next Door. And there's nothing to precede it. And I just tried it on a whim. But, like, there's this interesting relationship dynamic and this story about this guy and some childhood issues and how he's getting taken advantage of. And I don't really know what's going on, but I'm like, I just can't wait to watch the next episode and see how this thing unfolds and see where it goes. So like, my point is, is that like Hawkeye or all these Marvel things, like that's kind of how I judge them is like, is this good enough to stand on its own? Mm -hmm. And like, obviously you get to bring everything else, but I think, everything that you bring preceding that should just enhance the experience, right? Mm -hmm. Like Falcon and the Winter Soldier is a way better show if you understand everything else that's going on, but it still has some compelling things in it that make it interesting when you uh, watch Sam kind of go through his journey and that might be enough to carry you through and right. inspire you to, to do other things. Like It's probably the only one that I think the other two, like WandaVision and Loki are probably in the same space as Hawkeye, save maybe some of the the dialogue issues, right? Like you can't walk into Loki and WandaVision and watch them in isolation. Yeah, cold, cold turkey. But I'd but argue the, that the quality, both of those are the quality yeah, is there way more interesting. Right? I feel like the quality mm. is the bigger thing too, right? I mean, with this show here, what we're getting to, like for me at least, like I, I, was, I was pushed to watch it, but also I'm looking for the ties. Is Kingpin going to show up? Or are we going to get more ties to Daredevil? Mm. It's the MCU branding that's really pushing me through. Whereas if this was just, if this was the Adventures of Speedy outside of the dc universe i wouldn't care i wouldn't i wouldn't be really watching this to see what it's uh connected to i mean loki has like the aspect of well quality i feel like in my opinion loki's been the best one yeah. of all of them mm -hmm. but the quality speaks for itself watching the first episode all the way to the end i mean with the kang reference like we didn't even know kang we had theories kang was going to be in there but we didn't really know so for the general audience nobody knew who kang was mm -hmm. but nobody even knew who kang if Kang was even going to appear until the very end. Yeah. I feel like the show carried you through and the Marvel stuff was a bonus, but the story took over. Whereas here, I feel like Marvel's the driving force while I'm watching it and the quality's taking a back seat. Mm -hmm. That's at least where I'm kind of coming Interesting. from. Interesting. Because you guys both struggled I, I, with, with the first two episodes of WandaVision as well, right? Yeah, but at least for that one, for me, it just didn't work for me. But I, I, I could get why people liked it. 
Like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like okay. the quality was bad. I felt like the effects were bad in WandaVision at the end. But for me, I just wasn't into the whole, like, I got the humor. I got the whole mm-hmm. throwback to, like, all the different serialized TV shows. But there's still quality behind everything, at least. Here, though, like, the writing is bad. Uh, the dialogue is bad. The people aren't real. The swordsman, like, Jack, the, the husband, yeah. father, that guy doesn't exist. Like, nobody... <laughs> he talks like that like he's not a real character like he's <laughs> and then he's... and then the the, the over centric uh grandfather the old man that but like no yeah. nobody talks to people like this like that kind of stuff for me is like what are we doing go back but he's, to our he's man a rich and... guy no but, <laughs> but that's but bruce wayne doesn't like, talk like that alfred doesn't yeah, talk like that like you know when you watch <laughs> you watch iron man it's like the, the dialogue that goes on between like terrence howard and tony like these are real people talking to each other. The only time I ever get that in this show is when it's Kate Bishop and, and Clint. That's the mm-hmm. only time I get that. I don't believe that um, that Kate, Kate Bishop's mom's even her mom because I feel like th- th- those people don't exist in the in the real world. They just nothing. Let, totally, it's a horrible thing to put on it because it's a Marvel product, and so it's like, well, of course they are, but it's like they're all cartoon characters. Yeah. Yeah. Ironically, everybody except for Kate and Clint, they're like cartoon characters, yeah. like they're caricatures. Yeah. Like it just, I can see was that just, with Jack. I do see that. I just, I just don't. I, I don't think. I don't think it's them just thinking that they can just run on the Marvel brand, though. Like I feel like with these shows, a lot of it's intentional. And I don't know. From my point of view, like I, I'm totally, I totally agree with the things that you're saying. But I don't think they're unintentional. I don't think these are things that you know. They just thought, oh, let's just go with this, and you know, you know, we don't have to keep up the quality because we're going to have the Marvel brand you know, supporting this, I just felt that it was intentional in a way. Like, I think they're just trying something different. I think each show has certain things that are different. They have a different feel. They have a different vibe. And I just think they've tried something with this one, which is a different vibe, Mm -hmm. which is a little cartoony and it is a little more lighthearted and it is a little bit more, you know, family oriented. And maybe it hasn't hit with, many people because maybe people are looking for that certain level of quality but i don't think it's it's an intentional thing i think it, uh, i do think it's intentional that it is yeah, presented see, the and way i don't it is. know because like the stuff with really? clint and like what he's going through and his hearing problems and like the fact that you can see that that life is wearing on him i think there's some interesting stuff there and it and it's well written and it plays out well and you can kind of see him struggling but like the rest of it is just it's like it doesn't know what it wants to be like it's kind of like i don't know i think it's a the, bit of like to go off your point too. there i think that all the kate bishop stuff is on purpose like all the weird kind of goofiness of her clumsiness i think that's to show that she's not on the level of anyone so like when yelena eventually enters this if if they have like a fight goes back and forth that's pretty even that's going to be, I think, an issue, right? That's going to be a flaw in writing that character. But her getting beat around and the bottle plunking and all that and the bro and the tracksuit guys and all that, I, I kind of think that's all on purpose. And maybe it, maybe it doesn't land with everyone, but I, I, I'm questioning whether or not that that's actually going to develop into something a little bit more. And like if, if Kate Bishop comes in here and is like fighting and hammering these guys out, these humongous dudes – Eastern European dudes and doing everything perfectly. Does that bother you? If she's like, essentially as mentioned here, she's Katniss Everdeen. 
and doing but, kind of everything and just perfect at all this stuff. Like she needs well, to grow and develop in this, right? But I and I, but and I, I don't I, know. I, I get that, that's but my problem for, for for me that's what makes it so bad is like. So you mentioned the option of like, okay, she could come in powerful, knows what she's doing, and she wins the day, and that's not very believable. But what's even less believable is somebody that's clumsy, goofy that walks out of a gunfight with a bunch of mobsters. Like, like yeah, you would die. Like, you would you yeah. simply yeah. die. And I know it's this is the... like the MCU, and it's funny, but like her crashing down. Okay, that's episode two. Sorry, her seeing a costume throws it on, doesn't even hesitate, but she has her black belt. They 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 made sure they mentioned she had her black belt. So it's all good. She can like be a goofball the whole time. <laughs> she can basically Jar Jar Binks it. I'm sorry, like, when we watch Phantom Menace and Jar Jar Binks comes out of that battle, we're all laughing and clowning him like there was no way. I felt like that was identical to what we had in what? this. Yes, I'm telling you. I what so, you guys are talking about her so being goofy. like, like she's got loads of trophies. She's 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 supposed to be a good f- yeah. in all these different martial arts and fighting things. So, I mean, she is. It's a gunfight. She she was literally held at gunpoint a couple times to the face, and she came out against what 10 mobsters it it made zero yeah. sense and then the bottles that are all just like they're, they're not cracking over anybody's head she's doing some weird cw like leg grapples the, it, there's doing can, bird's eye view I can... fight choreography which should never be done ever on tv it was it, that was to me was it was the worst fight scene i've ever seen in the mcu hands down it, <laughs> it made no sense there's yeah. no way there is no way she should have made it out of that fight powers or no powers like she, she was a goofball and nobody would put themselves in that position because they've won a couple of belts in, in, a, in a karate match you're gonna go up against a, a gunfight like that that was just the belief there was just like what are we doing it it, it took me out it took me out big time yeah. well i'm gonna hit the arkham knight like the circle and triangle at the same time for that bats nightwing <laughs> combo team. because like you guys are arguing on one side that she's supposed to be goofy and not proficient because that's what they're doing but then as soon as Troy highlights the fact that she should be, that it totally takes you out of the show because she is um, so inept at doing what she's doing. She shouldn't be able to take out the 6, 10, 15 armed thugs that come rushing into this place. You're like, well, no, she has black belts and she has all this training, hey. so she can do that. And it's just like, well, what do you want her to be? Exactly. And that's like the issue but it's gotta with be, the it's show. It's got to be semi-believable. I mean, it, like, has, it should I, be. Look at it should mob. be though. It should be semi-believable. I can give you. You're I right. can give you the gun stuff. Like I remember after my second viewing, I remember it being like, okay, I can buy into the fact that the fact that she didn't get hit by a bullet there, and is looking down a barrel of a gun. I got. I think maybe that's a bridge too far on this, and I I can give you that stuff. And I I like the clumsiness and all that, but. Again, you're going up against trained killers and all this stuff, and so maybe. But are they, or are they just these slappy tracks? Well, again, like that's just the I, inconsistencies yeah. through the whole show. It's just yeah. like we want to do this kind of Laurel and Hardy slapstick scene, so we'll play everybody like this, and then we want to show Kate as being this total badass, and so we'll film it like this. But then in the next scene, we'll have her just fall through the roof because that's what we need to play for laughs, because that's what's on our whiteboard, yeah. and it's yeah. just like. Just the inconsistency, like it, it really didn't have a refinement to this show, and it's just like, like I'm sorry, but like if it wasn't for my daughter, like I would have checked out of this thing pretty quick. Like I would have never watched episode two, and watch episode two, and I'm like, yeah, like it, it's it's interesting because it didn't bother me that much. Like I saw, like okay, yeah, it's 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 believable for me though i'm kind of in a place where it's just like but we also we also in the this the whole thing that that preceded this we had hawkeye running away from monsters and carrying a big giant glove 
because there's this purple dude who wanted to kill everyone in the world. Some of this stuff, I'm just okay to give. Be like, yeah, it's 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 a means to an end here. And like, hell yeah, like, the, can is she gonna actually make out of this thing? Because even that whole thing doesn't make. They don't really explain anything. These guys just come through a hole and start shooting people. And like everyone's kind of like <laughs> shuffling out in a weird, awkward way. And it's like, no, you get out. Of, like, why aren't these people running and screaming? Sure, it's fine. They're 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 looking for a watch or whatever. And I'm just okay to be like, yeah, sure. It's it's but not. Even then, like, why I'm would the, you I'm put the in that team, costume man. and fight? I just. I don't know. But, 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 but with all the MCU stuff that you guys to. have watched, well, all the MCU stuff that you guys have watched, you guys don't see any kind of dip in quality. Like it, it this looks on par with every other MCU show that's come before. Like well, I'm not saying I don't know it what is, I'm missing because like, like, I think I approach it differently. Yeah. I think that's the thing. You, it's yeah. the way you approach it. Like yeah. I think I went into this expecting like Home Alone. Like this is a Christmas show. Like I'm expecting Kate to be Macaulay Culkin <laughs> and the bad guys to be you know the two robbers yeah. and that was that's the way i went into this like i didn't expect it to be realistic because it's a chris it was i just saw this christmas theme it's something different a different writer a different approach it's a little wacky mm-hmm. and as soon as i got that right at the start you know especially with the first fight scenes then i just accepted it and i think that's just me i think like i'm i'm generally quite critical about things you yeah know? i do yeah. overanalyze things sometimes but i think with this like I love Christmas, man, and I was just—I think I just wanted this to be a fun Christmas show, like leading up to Christmas. And I'm kind of glad it is not something that's too serious. It's not Daredevil. It's not. It's like a lot of people yeah. use yeah. the word like this is the grounded one. It's not really right. It happens on a street in New York. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, but right. I don't like. I don't know. Like I'm not. Like I'm happy if it's if it's this campy kind of fun slapstick enjoyable show with this Christmas vibe to it. But like the quality is just not there. Like if if that's the show mm. that you're doing, if you're doing this fun kind of Marvel Home Alone, that's cool, and I can I can vibe with that. But the quality has to be there, and that has to be the shot that you're taking, right? Like you brought up Eight Bit Christmas, they had a tone and a theme and a story that they wanted to tell, and they carried it all the way through and give you this beautiful ending by slowly seeding things through. Whereas this is just it's just like random stuff, it, like I feel like I don't know the episodes are like okay Tim you write you write the first act <laughs> Troy you write the second act Ian you write the third act and then Carlos you write the closer and then we just film it and stick it all together and hope that it works like and this I don't disagree with you in that it's not at the same level as like a Loki or a Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I don't think that. I'm not, I'm not saying that this is the best one or it's kicked off in the best way, but I've just approached it differently. And yeah. I'm just kind of yeah. consuming it as is. I asked my wife, who on my second round watched it with me, and I said, what do you think of the first episode? She's like, yeah, it's kind of an opening episode, right? She didn't have any like praise to heap on this thing. She's like, yeah, I like the connections, and I like the girl. Like She's cool. And she just kind of was just there, right? And so... Is, is this going to be like the Emmy winning Disney plus MCU show? No, it's a piece of a story. Is it a, a tie in version of a comic book? Maybe, but we read those and they're not always the best thing, but they're a supplemental piece of the story. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, mean, I know I, what I'm making read, excuses, but when, when I, when I read Nick Spencer, I'll tell you that comic book's trash. And if, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I read it, but I'll tell you it's bad. Yeah. Just Cause it says <laughs> amazing Spider-Man doesn't bad. mean that it's good. But and I, like, I, I'm not, completely disagreeing with some of your thoughts they're like the mustache twirling villain mm, that is jack dufresne 
is literally that, right? Like, yeah. and you're right, Troy. And I like your the way you put it is that this is not a real human being. The way he approaches <laughs> his whole relationship with Kate Bishop, like I'm going to be your stepfather, so I bought a book, and I'm going to like sneakily tell you things, and like we're never going to fully admit to you that we're engaged, but we're going to be at this way at this party, like. You have that connection with your mother. Your yeah. father died, and you have like this really tight connection. Yeah, that's bad writing. <laughs> that yeah. that that is the way it came out, and you got this guy in exposition whispering to her that I wanted to look as good as you in a suit. If you're gonna wear that, so the like no one would bring that up the first thing that you talk to someone, right? And so yes, I I yeah. get that, but I'm happy just to be like, you know what? Someday he's gonna be the swordsman. So whatever <laughs> right it's not the focus that's, of the that's show. what we're saying it's like yeah, man I, if I, this I, was I totally the cw and mean. kate bishop was speedy and jeremy mm. renner was oliver queen yeah. people would be crapping all over this yeah. thing and checking out hands down hands but down. i don't think i don't think people are heaping praise on this thing like i'm not sitting well, here saying like yeah, man, this, man, this man. is it One this who... is the definitive mcu disney plus show. i don't know this I've, is the I've, best I've... Yeah, I was surprised just, to see on Twitter like people one thing, are, people one, thing that threw, one thing that threw, man, like one thing that hit me, which was really weird. Like my wife watched it, and she kind of she likes the Marvel things, and she she watched it. She watches the worst shit stuff, man. <laughs> like she watches <laughs> Japanese TV, and man, I'm telling you, it's the worst television in the world. Like it's so stupid, it's so over the top, exaggerated actions. I can't stand it, man. And she watched this show, and at the end, her first thing she said to me was, oh, that, that girl's quite annoying. So, like, the fact that she didn't like how kind of wacky she was kind of told me something that maybe, I don't know, maybe this isn't going to hit with a lot of people. Like, I feel people here may be a little bit more accepting and they like that kind of slapstick kind of comedy and that kind of wacky side of things. And it didn't hit with with my wife, so it makes me wonder: like, is it gonna hit with the wider audience? You know, have they tried something that isn't actually gonna that isn't gonna land? But it's it's um, still a piece I, of something, though, right? My wife had the same like it. Like she looks at it and said, "Yeah, it's the opening of a six part show. I need to six all, see all six parts before I'm gonna say if this is good true. or bad, right?" And so this is again a problem. I and I said this on the live stream. I think this is probably more written for a full binge watch. The first two episodes end in a, this is a cliffhanger. You need to immediately go to the next episode, not wait a week. So we get like the Jeremy Renner or the Hawkeye versus Kate Bishop thing. And then the second one, it ends with Echo. And then you're stuck there, right? That's like a daredevil ending where it's like you have this immediate abrupt end to the show when you're like, wait, that's how it's ending? And now we have to wait two weeks? Like the other ones don't end like that. They end with maybe a smaller cliffhanger but there is some reasonable resolution to the in the moment thing. This one is very like, and with echo appearing, I don't know who echo is. No one knows who echo is, but the way they turn, it's like, you're supposed to know who that person is. Right. And so they, again, are relying a little bit on the Marvel reveal. Like my wife turned to me and said, am I supposed to know who that person is? And I said, no. Yeah. I I don't know, man. Like if, if something's compelling and good, like you're going to be tuning in, to the next episode or and counting down to it but mm-hmm. like with this with the cliffhangers it's just like yeah if mj wakes me up to watch it before she goes to school <laughs> then sure but like honestly i i didn't yeah, I like i'm the, I'm the daredevil like, guy on the pod and i'm just like yeah 
(laughs) Because, and even that, it's like you parachuted that character into the show. She wouldn't be with those tracksuit guys. Like, that's just not that character. Mm. But it's, and I'm not poo-pooing it because of that. But it's like, is that what you're relying on to kind of move things forward? Are you relying on this obligation to keep keep abreast of everything that's happening in the MCU? Like, Well, it's a backdoor pilot too as well. It's going to be next week. To her show yeah. that was announced a couple weeks ago. Uh, sh- sure, like I, I don't know. It, it is what it is. Like I, I don't. And don't get me wrong. Like I don't hate the show, but at the same time, I, I'm certainly not gonna. Man, after wa- listening to you guys, for... I hate it, man. No, I hate show. no, love what you love, man. No, no. Anybody out there listening, <laughs> I'm, like... not, I'm not. I'm not gonna bother watching this anymore. <laughs> no, I want people. If they, if they I can't, like I can't it, like watch it. it the same way anymore. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Like and like Troy said, you gotta love what you love, and mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm happy. There's people that yeah. that love it and stuff, but at the same time, we gotta. I think represent with me, I'm watching a lot people. of heavy stuff yeah. at the moment, and it kind of it's just balancing it out a little bit. You yeah. know, when I'm watching yeah. like su- Succession every week, you know, this really kind of adds that balance there. Like it's, <laughs> you got that whole. I mean, super heavy, and then you got the super lighthearted. So it's it's that nice balance. I think it just came at the right time for me, mm-hmm. more so than it being a quality show mm-hmm. that. I'm kind of in the same spot too, especially with the Christmas vibe, right? Like I just kind of blindly accept Christmas stuff as being Christmas stuff. And, and it's, it's interesting because this is definitely the the biggest amount of discourse we've ever had, I think on one of these Disney plus shows, but it's not also not too dissimilar from other discussions we had in general about MCU stuff as of late, especially. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's one of those. I think I'm just more comfortable on the podcast now. I'm permanent, and so I'm going to represent. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, you don't, you don't have that brand as the, the newest guy anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's I've awesome. moved one rung up the ladder. I'm sitting here in my Bruce Wayne robe, and it's like, you know what? Let, let, let's let's get this going on. So we we do have four more episodes, and we've got a lot of Kate Bishop and Jeremy Renner. Clint Barton, like you guys said, everyone's kind of heat praise on those two characters. I'm going to see where I'm interested to see where they both go. Let's see if the swordsman actually evolves into something much more than a literal mustache twirling villain. And like, I I'm, I'm intrigued by all this. And like I said, I've enjoyed watching the first two episodes. Is it the best Disney plus MCU first two episodes? No, no. I'm like, I'm happy to admit that, but I'm also happy to sit here and say, I enjoyed it and I had fun with it. And I've watched them both twice. So I want to see where Kate Bishop goes because this is the first Disney Plus show that has, I think, primarily focused on a new MCU character. The previous three of all established characters that we we know, introducing supporting casts that will pop up later on, but well, this one, Sylvie, being... right? Sylvie, yeah, yeah. A... yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess she's kind of a main character, yeah. But I think Loki's still the main person. Yeah, I think yeah. Kate Bishop, at least these first two episodes, seems to be the focal point in developing her character. You know, we've gotten a lot of Hawkeye, and the back episodes we might see more of them dig a bit deeper into the Ronin stuff. That might be our episode three. You know, and even Jack Dufresne, like in the comic book, Swordsman trained Hawkeye. So I'm going to be interested if they actually link anything there. Like, does he know this guy from the past? What's the deal with that? You know, just because... Well, there will be some other twists, right? You've got like, isn't it the the mother? Like, she's, I mean, she's, she's pretty villain. famous. She's like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure she's a villain. Yeah. So I think we we are expecting some twists. When you have the two of like, them arguing, the old dude, and and her arguing, we don't really know what that's about. And so they've they've laid a lot of seeds. But when you start to bring in the fact that you have Echo, you've got to finish a, a Ronin here. 
You've got to talk about maybe Yelena. Like, we know she's in this. How big of a capacity? Don't know. From Black Widow. There's a lot they have to do in this to get to the end here. But some of it always comes down to the word we use a lot here is economic storytelling. And how many backdoor pilots are we going to get here? There's been rumors of the Kingpin showing up in some capacity. Is that just a cameo or does that play a bigger role? I don't think they're going to go full Kingpin in this one. But... We've got an episode coming up here in just a couple of days, guys. And I'm going to be interested, actually, because this this, this conversation has got me excited already for the conversation at the end to reflect back on some of this and see where things changed, if it remained consistent for you guys. And like the guy said, it's okay to not like something. It's okay to love something as well. Not everyone has to universally agree that this is the best MCU show. And we don't have to sit here and say, like, we don't like it's it's fine either way it's cool that way i think that's important too right i i say this consistently to the guys no one wants to come here and see everyone high five we need to have this discussion because this discussion if it's happening between the four of us it's happening between other people in the community and we're here to provide that context and listen to you guys too well and for the record i'm going to say something that's never been said about an mcu product before this thing is mid it's not great and it's not terrible it's just mid and it's okay for things that Marvel Studios does to be mid. Yep. Like, that's it's mid. Perfectly fine. What was your review for Eternals? <laughs> it was the most okay thing. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it was Troy's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Troy's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, it's it doesn't best okay movie. It doesn't and that maybe that's that's good context to bring to the MCU, Carlos, because it it doesn't always have to be groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. It can just be a story that exists inside of a larger narrative. And it'd be something that you enjoy or don't. If you don't enjoy it, you don't ever have to watch it again either. You also don't have to talk about it unless you have a podcast that you have to come on every week and talk yeah. about it. <laughs> and if it's okay, it's just okay. Yeah. That's cool too. <laughs> yeah. That is very cool. Like that's I love how that we've come to this. That you know, it doesn't have to be the best thing in the world. It's yeah. I can tell you right now, Peacemaker is gonna be better than this. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. But I'm gonna enjoy them in different ways. And that's okay too. So, though we're going to leave that. We're going to put a pin in that one here. The Hawkeye is okay. And we'll see where it goes in the next four episodes. A lot of ground to cover. And it's our last MCU show as we're building into our last MCU movie of this year, which we'll talk about a little bit of Armageddon here in our Week in Nerd. But first things first, before we get there, we got to take a pit stop in the beyond here in the Nerd Room and talk a little bit about Jurassic World. We've got our resident John Hammond on the episode today with the goddamn Batman here. And I want to go to you first on Jurassic World Dominion, the prologue that dropped on us just this past week. We got about five and a half minutes of the start of, or what we believe to be maybe the start of Jurassic World Dominion. This was released in front of Fast Five in the summer exclusively in theaters. So there was a small subsection of the community that has seen this previously on the big IMAX, but that was still during the the, the hot and heavy covid times here and none of us really wanted to pony up the 20 bucks to go see fast nine <laughs> during all that yeah, yeah we did we did discuss it yeah you and i but <laughs> yeah so carlos talk to me about this really uniquely set prologue that they put in front of us that is dropping to lead into next summer's jurassic world dominion the third and presumably final installment in the jurassic world series definitely not in this whole narrative and the thing that are growing. But if we're talking about trilogies, it's the last one that Colin Trevorrow potentially is being bring to the screen here. 
Well, first, I got to correct you on something because you are the OG <laughs> JP fan. So you would be the John Hammond. And me being the brown guy, it's only fitting that I'm Simon Masrani. Hey, just building on, <laughs> uh, on, on, what, on the legacy that you left behind. And, I'm digging uh, it. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's that's how that dynamic has to go. But uh, man, I freaking loved mm-hmm. this thing. Like it, I remember one of my first thoughts when I saw Jurassic Park as a kid. I was just like, man, I want to just, I just want like a two-hour movie of just the dinosaurs mm-hmm. just wandering around the park doing their thing. I don't need any other humans. And like one of my favorite scenes in Jurassic Park still is when Doctor Grant looks out. Oh, yeah. uh, onto the horizon and he sees the brachiosaurs and the parasaurolophuses in the coming out of the water and that and it just oh it just takes you away to a completely different place so uh to have them pony up and do this prologue where it's actual dinosaurs and they look a little more reflective of what the science is telling us they look like and how they acted and whatnot um I just, I just love this, and that you work in the whole mosquitoes and the blood thing that they haven't totally given up on that from the original book and the movie, and they take you through the dinosaurs in their natural environment doing their thing, and then that it's this kind of quasi prequel origin story for the T Rex, mm-hmm. like the female T Rex who's your hero of so many of the Jurassic movies, and. Uh, that you know she gets taken out by the gigantosis or saurus or whatever that one is uh you'll have to correct me there timbo i think but, it's uh, close gigantosaurus yeah yeah and then yeah that that she goes down but you get to see that mosquito suck up the blood and then you flash forward to the to the future and what ingen has done with that dna that they extracted out of that mosquito and it was just it was just cool it was just something super cool. I love that Universal ponied up to do this. My understanding is that it's not actually part of the movie. I that yeah, I did hear yeah. that. I think Colin Trevorrow might have said that. It doesn't make sense to me that it's not. Like when even when he says it, I'm like, this is a very good opening to the movie. Yeah, it's cool. Um, and either way, like if it is part of the movie, brilliant. And if it's not, like. Kudos to Universal for mm-hmm. having their filmmaker come to them with this dynamic idea and different way of marketing the movie. And especially when you're in a COVID situation where uh, you can't put the movie out when you want to, but you need to keep interest up. Uh, just brilliant. Just brilliant. And uh, I, I love the juxtaposition of the dinosaurs inhabiting the planet at one point in time and then the dinosaurs being back and trying to co-inhabit the planet mm-hmm. with the with all of us hanging around it was just just awesome and so well done and i love where trevorrow's head is at for this franchise and man i i watched that thing like three times back to back me too like (laughs) it it was just so so cool and if for anybody who hasn't seen i think it's ign has trevorrow doing a commentary Mm -hmm. as he uh walks you through that uh prologue scene and and it's it's worth the watch he talks about why they used some of the dinosaurs that they did and what the inspiration for doing this was and, and whatnot. And it really gives you a lot of confidence uh, in whose hands the Jurassic franchise is in. Yeah. So, And it, it, yeah. it really gives me confidence too when you're, when you're talking about what Trevorrow is doing in that this film is going to be the first in the world sequence of films that's going to take a major step away from 
that original trilogy, specifically the first two movies. There's a lot of the original JP DNA in Jurassic World, and you can see some of it too in Fallen Kingdom. And Fallen Kingdom very much, like we talked about in a retrospective a few months ago, it felt like a bridge movie to this, that they sacrificed a bit in that film to get to Dominion, where for the first time we're going to be having, like you said, this cohabitation of planet Earth proper with humans and dinosaurs as they've escaped at the end of Fallen Kingdom. And I'm really digging that. So I want to go to you next here, Ian. Carlos talked about this opening when it's just the dinosaurs. The first time we're really getting just the dinosaurs 65 million years ago. And I don't know if you've seen, have you seen the Walking with Dinosaurs BBC documentary from like 99 year 2000? I think so. Yeah, yeah. it's it's awesome. It's like six episodes, just brilliant. The first part of this yeah. felt exactly like that. Like, especially when you get the river with the pterodons flying around and all that. I was like, wow, this feels like I'm sitting in my, like, as a nerd for my life, sitting in my dorm room hidden, pretending I'm, like, partying. But, no, I'm sitting here watching (laughs) the BBC documentary a few years after it came out of Walking with Dinosaurs. It felt like that, and I got this cool vibe. And I would guess that that was an inspiration for what Trevorrow did here and then jumping us into the future. So what did you think about Jurassic World Dominion prologue here? No, I think I thought it was really good. Yeah, like I, I mean, you know, just how it was filmed and how beautiful it was. It was was great, and I think with Jurassic World, like I always ha- have that kind of sp- uh, soft spot for the whole franchise mm. of Jurassic Park. Um, Jurassic Park was the last, probably one of the last kind of franchises I got into with my little brother. Like he was at that age where like this was his big thing, and you know we got all the toys and I collected the the tops cards, and it was such a you know. Um, you know, memorable part of my life. And I think, you know, that's when I kind of transitioned maybe into more into video games and I got a little older. Um, so that was kind of, it brings back a lot of good memories. So it's it's, it's nice to see any kind of Jurassic uh, content. But that, that, yeah, that prologue was great. I mean, was it, what, which one was it before when they did like a little side story? The Battle of Big Rock. Was that the... Battle of Big Rock, yeah. So it's kind of cool that they have these little side things. And I didn't know that this, that part was not in, in the movie. Um, so, yeah, it was cool to see. And I, it even takes me back to, to the Lost World days where, you know, after Jurassic Park, the one thing that you wanted as a kid was to see the dinosaurs in the real world. Mm-hmm. Like you wanted to see these dinosaurs actually running around a city or, you know, in your neighborhood. And, and they kind of gave us that yeah. we we got that for for a little bit but like this is cool to see just this t-rex turn up at you know this area where this is all these people and everyone's everyone's freaking out and it's really cool and it's kind of interesting as i think one of you just said like it's cool to see how they've developed the dinosaurs based on you know newer findings and how they've added more feathers mm-hmm. and how they've made them look more to how they would have looked based on on more up-to-date research so that's i think that's pretty cool too yeah um so yeah it really really got me into it like these again these films i don't think the the jurassic world films are amazing but i've really enjoyed them Mm. and as i said just because i have that kind of soft spot for them i've had a really good time with them and yeah i don't know what's trevor he, he he's had he had a hard time in the past with some stuff and you know, he had one bad movie and he got taken out of Star Wars. And I've always had kind of faith in this guy. I think he does have some really good ideas and some nice direction. So, you know, I do, after seeing that that prologue, it does look like this this guy 
he's got his head screwed on and he knows what he's doing. So yeah, really excited for that. Yeah, he's found a nice home here with Jurassic World after all that issues with Star Wars and what was that movie he did, King Lear or whatever. That uh, Book of Henry. Book of Henry. Oh, Henry, yeah, right? Henry yeah. Book of Henry. Book of Henry. Yeah, yeah, got kind of bashed around there, and yeah, he did have a tough time, but. Uh, he's remained on as a producer, I believe, in some capacity with Camp Cretaceous, and he played a role mm-hmm. like that in Fallen Kingdom and kind of constructing the larger Jurassic World narrative as we're seeing this franchise continue to expand out with a Netflix show, like I said, movies, and they're going to continue to roll this out. This franchise is not going anywhere, and he's exploring new territory, which is which is really exciting. Yeah, and he did that Battle of Big Rock thing, which was, a, I believe, a post-Fallen Kingdom tie-in where the dinosaurs are integrating into the real world and people are seeing them show up in random places the same way a raccoon or a deer would wandering into your campsite and all that. And so <laughs> it's uh, it's really cool to see what they're doing with all this. Troy, man, Jurassic World, Jurassic Park, what they're doing mm-hmm. with the dinosaurs and like Ian said, giving you that cool representation of the fur and probably some excuse that when they splice them with frogs that's why they don't have fur in these ones or hair or whatever you want to call it, feathers um lots of cool cool stuff here you dig in the visuals and what they're bringing here for jurassic world dominion well no i'll be honest i haven't even checked this out but after hearing all the hype now with you three i gotta definitely go back because yeah i missed the uh the big rock one but i heard cool things about that but now we've gotten a second kind of little indie short flick i guess tying in or a little <laughs> tease so and that's really cool because i like that i think um I think it's Prometheus, not Prometheus, part two. So what was that? That was Alien Covenant. I think they did yeah, something. Covenant. Yeah, they did some similar marketing. And I loved how they did that, even mm-hmm. though it was a little bit of a departure from uh, Prometheus. But I still like that idea. And I actually, I know it's a budget, but I actually encourage more uh, studios to do stuff like that, especially in these COVID times. So I, I really like that. Um, and I do like the fact that Tavar was back because he missed, out of the three films we've gotten, he did the first one, missed the second, and is coming back for the yeah. third. Right, so I love that because, hey man, I was a fan of his screenplay for the Rise of Sky, not not the Rise of Skywalker, the Duel of the Fates, Episode Nine. To me, that yeah, is like man. my Star Wars headcanon right now, and <laughs> what he did with that was awesome. So, um, if he's putting that energy, even half that energy, into what he's doing with the, the Jurassic Park stuff, I'm all in. So, um, I probably am due for a rewatch of the original Jurassic Park. I have yeah. seen the first one with Chris Pratt, and I thought it was fun. I skipped on the second one, but I guess now is the perfect time to go yeah. back to part two. Just do a, probably a rewatch of the new trilogy while leading up to the to the final, I guess. So, yeah, yeah I'm excited for that say, stuff, man. Fallen Kingdom was one when I watched the first time. I was like, yeah, I don't know if I like this. But then I subsequently kind of fallen in love with all the world stuff and just mm. appreciated what it's done for the franchise. And, yeah, again, we're dealing with dinosaurs running around yeah. chasing people and all this stuff, right? And the, the problem with Kingdom is it feels a lot smaller at times, especially as you get okay. towards the back half of the film. But, and that's why we kind of called it a bridge. It, they sacrifice mm-hmm. a little bit to get hopefully a lot out of out of this new one. We're seeing new dinosaurs and all this. So very, very exciting stuff with the Jurassic World Can, can I just ask, has, has, have they released the kind of synopsis for this movie? Do we know what the movie is actually about? I haven't looked. I, I typically stay away from that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. So... Yeah, it hasn't. Because I heard, I heard eyes. some rumors that that the movie was it's going to be about them engineering dinosaurs to suit, you know, rich people, so people actually can buy dinosaurs and then they engineer them, yeah, and start making them a certain way to meet people. I didn't know if that was or just a rumor if that was true. They kind of seed that at the end of Fallen Kingdom, right, mm-hmm. where the 
the there's that shot of the guys in the trucks and they have all the embryos and yeah. whatnot in the little case there and and stuff and then also like yeah the whole dinosaur auction that they had and, dinosaur king make it happen netflix <laughs> yeah. let's go yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> they're already doing camp cretaceous oh troy executive producer uh, man uh, hopefully ted sarandos is listening to this <laughs> yeah i yeah i don't know my i guess what i always thought about this was that it was going to be what happens when the world has to just deal with dinosaurs just kicking around and this might allow you to get back to that Jurassic Park one true bridging on horror type of stuff, right? The screams and all that, because you really don't know what's lurking in the background. Uh, you lose a bit yeah. of that with Lost World and Jurassic Park three and Jurassic World doesn't exactly facilitate the same sort of dark. You don't know what is beyond the fence type of feeling. And this might bring some of that back. But I'm sure they're going to play with the engineering stuff because they teased it quite heavily the last two. Yeah. And even in Camp Cretaceous, right? They they do tease some of that as well. Yeah, I wasn't a massive fan of the engineering stuff. I don't know. It, I mean, I understood that it was kind of needed in a way to progress, maybe make it a little different. Mm. I wasn't I wasn't, I wasn't. wasn't against it, but, you know. I was, it's just fun, interesting. Like, I didn't realize that the product was not in the movie. So that's kind of interesting to me. Like, why... Why there's a T Rex running around? You know, it's not like these people. It's not like it just naturally lives out in the forest and it just turns up at this place. And these people, because people are kind of surprised to see a T Rex turn up at what is it? It's like a cinema, yeah, like a drive open drive cinema in. or something, yeah. a drive-in. So it just makes me wonder, like, is it is it something that if this is not in the movie, it makes you think that something about the movie explains why. There are free roaming dinosaurs. Well, at the end of King Fallen Kingdom, like... I don't want to spoil it for Troy, but <laughs> there's a reason. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> at the sorry. end, of, yeah. at, at the end of Fallen Kingdom, they kind of just everyone goes, type thing. Ah, uh, okay, so it's 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 running straight off from yeah. that. Because I thought this was like four four years after Fallen Kingdom, and it might be because it just gives you that ability to say dinosaurs are gone and they couldn't round them up and they've bred and they've kind of have a foothold oh, okay. in ecosystems now and. There's, you know what I mean? Like, I think they're, they, if there's a big leap, it's because they want to get into a true Jurassic world, would be my guess. Mm, like, they don't want to cool. be, because you're always, like, that was a nice leap they made in Jurassic World 2, or Jurassic World 1, is that the park was open, right? They got you from Jurassic Park 1, where it never really opened, to this one, it's fully open, operating, running, and then it falls. And this, I'm like, I didn't really know it, it jumped four years, but I'm, I love that because it's now the world has just basically had to adapt with dinosaurs existing in the same ecosystems and places and all that. And maybe they try to pen them up. I don't know. You know, Maserani mm -hmm. here has been working on Jurassic World Evolution 2 for the past yeah. two weeks. So. <laughs> well, and the other thing, too, that they did well was they set up the fact that the science is out in the open, mm -hmm. too where more than just InGen has the science yeah. and there's people that are trying to uh, utilize it for profit and whatnot, right? So we, we all know about what unscrupulous business can yield. So mm -hmm. if people are just pumping them out and um, incubating dinosaurs as well, or like the whole thing with you talking about them being engineered for uh, people to buy for, if people are buying them as pets or as showpieces there's got to be people using them for military type stuff mm -hmm. right which would explain 
all the carnivores and and stuff so yeah and they kind of like the game they do play around a little bit with the fact that there's dinosaurs in the wild and they build um that there's two sides to the game there's like the kind of park building side of the game but then there's also being part of like basically fish and wildlife has been tasked with <laughs> uh, dealing with all these dinosaurs type of thing and so you're working with owen and claire to round them up and and they do some cool stuff like they there's one where you go to like a poacher camp and you've got to reclaim the poacher camp and start caring for the animals they've mistreated and and whatnot there or like national parks have been overrun by dinosaurs and managing them within the national park so there, there's some potential for some cool stuff like mm-hmm. who knows what the end narrative will be like but guys like tim and i will be totally happy oh, to yeah. just see <laughs> cool dinosaurs in cool places so exactly yeah. exactly for me it's just kind of it's just kind of interesting even the seeing the people in the helicopter they didn't seem to be shocked that mm-hmm. there's a t-rex there like, yeah. you know they're flying around and it's kind of like oh he's a it's like a common occurrence for them yeah like, hunt, like having to stop this t-rex going into this local area where there's all people mm-hmm. and it's kind of you know they were in no rush to stop this thing just like <laughs> running towards people as if it's it's something they have to deal with on a daily basis so yeah, yeah it's kind of interesting i think that's it that's the original t-rex too, from the original park yeah it's got all like the claw that, marks that's... on it and all that yeah so like the three that, that's oh, a, right. a common thread like if you like from Jurassic park one through world and all that it's the same female t-rex so maybe from maybe because it's a prologue, then I guess maybe this, as you said, if it's not in the movie, it could actually be set right after. Paul and that might be the end. case too. Like they're trying to get this thing and yeah. and all that. But it's so uh, it's they're so we got a long time. Summer twenty twenty two. So it's uh, mm-hmm. we got a few minutes before this one comes out because it's it had a year delay. I believe that we were supposed to have seen this already oh, in yeah. some alternate timeline. We've all seen this and reviewed it here. <laughs> Yeah, well, you probably I... see that before I see No Way yeah. Home. <laughs> oh, I know, man. I feel bad for you. It was like oh, Ticket man. Armageddon here. <laughs> so, well, that's. Do you know the worst? The worst thing about not being able to see No Way Home is that Venom Two is the reason. That's the worst part. Of it. <laughs> like Venom Two is the reason. Like not only if it was delayed for some good reason, but man, I saw Venom Two, and the fact that that delayed this movie is, yeah. It's, it makes me get a no way home. Time here. to come home, Ian. Yeah. Time to come home. <laughs> 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 well, that's 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 a great segue, guys. Over to uh, Ian's first time at what is going to be our week in nerd. So, Ian, you're very familiar with this segment, and I actually want to kick it off here. I'm going to throw this out there because. Carlos, you you experienced this is going to be our only no way home talk this week. You experienced a bit of uh, of ticket Armageddon as you put it here, and I just want to put that at the front there before you jump into a bit deeper on the plastic here. But talk to us a bit about your experience with with this ticket Armageddon, no way home, and then uh, after you go, we'll uh, we'll let Ian take a poke here at talking about some plastic. Yeah, and to be honest, yeah, I'm happy to go first because the, the No Way Home tickets was kind of the the only thing that, that I messed with. But before I get into that, actually, for this week in Nerd, like, um, when we recorded two weeks ago, so I, I don't know if you can see any of the mess down here, but 
in the back cave right now is a whole bunch of stuff that my wife has been compiling for uh, adopt-a-family projects, both for us personally and for um, working with Dreams Take Flight for some of the kids that they couldn't take on a trip this year. They're adopting families and kind of doing a bit of a replacement there and um, within our families, instead of giving each other gifts, we've adopted some families to kind of do stuff for. And so, yeah, like when we were recording, like I was kind of looking, I was like, why are there all these cleaning products here? And uh, so I was like, asked my wife, I was like, did our Amazon stuff just end up making its way downstairs with everything else? She's like, oh, no. She's like one of the families asked for cleaning stuff. And it just like broke my heart. So I was like shopping for some plastic on Amazon. I was like, you know what? No. So I took the money that I was going to, buy figures with and i bought these folks some cleaning stuff so like that's not virtue signaling but if you're out there like every community has Mm -hmm. these types of charities and have people in need so like wherever you're listening from here to tokyo like if you have the opportunity to do something like that or even just throw money at the local food bank or children's charity or veterans charity something like that totally encourage you to do that and um yeah it it is a huge difference and there's like that was really eye-opening to me the level of need that some people have like Mm -hmm. when you got to ask somebody else for clorox it's not it's not great so no and it's yeah it's really good i'm glad you put that out there carlos because i think that's super important you know we talk about the plastic we talk about this stuff kind of every week and we're fortunate that we're able to do this and and have fun with it and one thing i do every i've done the last couple years and i said to my wife that I want to do it again this year is I take the entire month of December off of the hunt and I push that money towards donating to a few charities that we support here over the holiday season is that, you know, where we're, we have our holiday celebrations coming up here and kind of in the midst of one right now. And it's a, it's a good point to maybe take the month off and push some of those, those funds elsewhere to people that are less fortunate and that need this. And, you know, even we've done it in the past where we just went and bought a whole bunch of Star Wars stuff, my daughter and I, and dropped it off at uh, at our Ronald McDonald house here um, and sick kids and all that. And so have some fun with it in your own space, but then make sure, yeah, it gets off or the Toy Mountain stuff. And then it's all the stuff that you guys do. So, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for bringing that up, Carlos. Yeah, it's amazing, man. Yeah, I got to say that's that's really nice. And I mean, just even you just saying that people needing cleaning products, it, it is you know, it's it's horrible to hear, and it's nice that you have that idea of doing something to support these people and help these people. Because you know, you see, I see you even here in in Japan, and I think that's a yeah, a really really nice way to look at it, especially at the holiday season as well. And you know, families out there do need some support, and it's it's not their faults. And yeah, I do. I, I man, like I'm I'm moved by that. That's that's uh, such a nice thing to do. So yeah. Well done. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, and if, if you are going to do that, like, I know they'll probably be cheap and stuff, but don't go out and buy anybody Eternals figures because, like, nobody wants those, right? So um, <laughs> j- just think, think think of the kids. Think of the kids. <laughs> Sorry, I, I had to. Oh, man. <laughs> it's getting a little That's heavy. Amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I have not bought any I, I, Eternals I, figures this week. <laughs> Not yet. I feel bad. I pre-ordered three hot toys, and now you guys are donating, donating to charities. I might have to go and cancel those pre-orders. No, no, man. It's like it, it, it is what it is. It's just it's it's one of those. But uh, yeah, man. Think, like yeah, it's it's really it's an important thing to put out there, man. I think yeah, it's 
Well, sometimes you just don't think about it, right? Like you don't. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. So I just thought I'd throw it out there, but uh, yeah. Um, Excellent, man. Yeah. Spider-Man ticket Armageddon. <laughs> it was crazy, man. Like I know everybody down in the states was primed and ready to go because a few of their theater chains had said twelve o'clock Eastern time. It's going down. So I was like, ah, you know what? It's usually not as crazy here, but uh, you know what? I'll just get it done. And quick, like, family aside story. Amazing Spider-Man 2. My daughter is, like, two or three years old. And we're going opening night. Get there. I had bought tickets for the wrong day. And <laughs> so we get we, we get turned around. Like, we, we go on the Friday, and I had bought tickets for the Thursday preview night. And the girl's like, sorry. Like, she's like, you bought tickets for yesterday. And she's like, I'd let you in, but there's no seats available. So, um, yeah kind of too bad so sad but we're driving away and my spider-man loving daughter is like not little kid mad angry crying she's just weeping in the back seat because she's so sad that she can't go see her beloved andrew garfield spider-man <laughs> so like when these tickets rolled around i was like i will not let mj down like i need to make sure that we have tickets in hand and oh my goodness it was unreal we had two phones going an ipad and both the major chains that give uh, theater service in our city, um, Cineplex, who is the major chain, they actually took the Spider-Man Away Home tickets down within the first 10 minutes. There was days, dates open and showtimes, and I'm trying to lock my seats up, and then I'm like on the landmark through the Atom app trying to get seats, and I'm on uh, their website. And after 18 minutes... My wife finally gets through and she gets us our tickets for the, we had a very small window that we could go do this with just it being busy at Christmas and the kids extracurriculars and stuff. So we had kind of one show time that we could hit on that opening weekend. So we had to get that. She locked them up and then I'm trying for tickets for Troy, Sonny and I, and man, there was five seats left in the biggest, by the time I got through, it was 18 minutes later. There was five seats left at that 10 o'clock show that we got to go to because uh, the boys got the kids to take care of and stuff. And I, I couldn't believe it. It blew my mind. Like, I was in Hawaii and I got Avengers Endgame tickets with way less stress than trying to get <laughs> No Way Home tickets. Um, yeah, man. The the Parker appeal is real. There's no denying yeah, it. Like, it's because you're trying to Cineplex, yeah. though. You got to go Landmark. Landmark are bust. <laughs> Man, I tried everywhere. I had everybody, like, basically the first place that would sell me tickets was get my money because it was just so jammed up. It's interesting because I saw the, the discussion online about it, especially the stuff in the States, and I went on Landmark, and I could get maybe a couple hours after the whole everything went down, and I was able to pick up. I didn't buy them, but I could have gotten tickets for the 10 o'clock showing on Friday night. At Landmark? At Landmark oh. Market Mall, yeah. Like, e like yeah. easy, like, easily. There's, like... Oh really? Uh, yeah, the, like uh, unless they open up another show, because I sent you guys the screenshot of yeah, the, yeah. of like. <laughs> but it <laughs> what was the ticket. They had was. two yeah. ten o'clock shows on Friday night, because um, I'm looking. Okay, for... so they only had one when I was. There. Oh, maybe yeah, because I was yeah. looking for a theater that had like less people in it. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going and sitting in a packed theater, but, and so I just went to the Saturday showing, and then I went back to the Friday to see what was available, and there was stuff around, so my, they might have been adding more and more showings as they saw. The demand for the tickets just go crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah, I 
I, I sent I sent the boys a DM <laughs> saying like I don't know that we're seeing Spider Man No Way Home because all I could get was tickets in the front row, and it's just like well th- this is no way to experience that movie for the first time. So um, you come on you come on Sunday night with me. <laughs> well, it's funny because uh, my oldest she can't go and she's like ah oh, maybe I'll just go with Tim. Yeah, I'll, I'll hook her up. <laughs> I'll even buy her ticket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm sure he'd love to have you. So yeah, just yeah, I, uh, just a couple people I went with a buddy to Ghostbusters after they were set up in the corner with eight, ten other people in the theater. That's my kind of viewing experience. <laughs> yeah, you got to pick those odd show times, and then yeah, once everybody's seated, just find that optimal comfort spot for you based on where the crowd's sitting. Yeah, it's the next. Like, I've moved a couple times. Yeah, once everyone's seated, it's surprising though how late some people come into a movie. Mm. I'm like, dude, what are you yeah. doing? Like, <laughs> we're already through like the first like three minutes of the film, and you're, you're here now. <laughs> like, sit down. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm glad at least you got them for MJ, and you got tickets secured up, and I'm sure, I'm sure we'll be able to see it opening weekend, in some capacity. But my friend Ian over there is unfortunately not gonna be able to see this unless he hops on a plane, and heads to the uh, mainland yeah. or heads somewhere. <laughs> This is the first. I think this is the first time I've ever seen a Marvel movie not being released on time, or if not early in mm-hmm. Japan. It's such a mm-hmm. weird one. Like we do have a lot of movies delayed that aren't. They're not delayed. They're just like their release dates are, are just a lot later. Um, and it is. It can be annoying at times, but like a lot of times we get things early. We got like No Time to Die early. Mm-hmm. Got Dune. I think on time or week early, and it was a strange one because No No Way Home was scheduled. It was scheduled in man, and then as soon as Venom changed that date. Uh, got knocked back for some reason. They just they I guess Sony just wanted it to come after but after that movie and they knocked it back. So, man, like yeah, there's not there's not much I could do. I mean, if there wasn't the uh, I'm just my the company I work for the university they they banned me from traveling over during the semester. Mm. If not, I would have. I mean, I can fly to Taiwan for like a hundred dollars, and I would have done that. <laughs> I did that with my mate to go and watch the Godzilla movie. Just to go and watch that movie because it was it was coming out late in Japan, so I'd do it like it's like a hundred dollars. I'd do that just to go and see No Way Home mm. and take a little trip to Taiwan. But just because of the pandemic and stuff, it just it's just I'd have to go through the hassle. Yeah, quarantine. Japan are quite strict with the whole quarantine and you know having the testing and stuff. So I, I, it's just not worth it, man. I feel for you, man. So and man, you like s- I'm not gonna. You guys, you guys can tell me everything that happens because I'm never gonna be able to dodge any of the spoilers. I'm talking like I'm talking. When is like February? February next year, man. It's, it's impossible. Jeez, it'll be, a, it'll be you'll be able so, to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, be a, it'll, be it'll be on Disney Plus or something. <laughs> it oh, will man. literally be on Disney Plus. Forty five days, right? No, but oh it's no, a Sony. it goes on Netflix. Yeah, it's going to Netflix yeah. first. Yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll be six months or so. So I don't really care, man. I'm I'm kind of hoping that just Garfield and and uh, Maguire aren't in it, so I can just see everybody's reaction. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're gonna hear it one way or another. <laughs> so when you go see a movie in Japan or Taiwan, is it subtitled in the local languages or is it dubbed? Yeah, in the so local you can language? choose. There's you can choose. They often have they have most foreign movies are subtitled, and then they have dubbed versions, which are, are less frequent. Um, like limited viewings so you can choose some people choose but to be honest most people go and see the subtitle mm. versions mm. and a lot of people can't speak english here but it just seems to be the better way for them to to view mm. it like i've i've never been to 
every time I've been to like a, a premiere of a big movie, it's always packed. Mm. It's always full, and it's just subtitled movies. So yeah, if you go to Taiwan, I guess it'd be the same. And I think in Taiwan, more people speak English, so it's it's probably. Uh, I don't know if they'd have dub versions mm-hmm. there. To be mm-hmm. honest. So you weren't able to get homecoming, homecoming, no way home tickets. I should say. But what about the plastic side of things? Homecoming tickets. <laughs> home homecoming comes out next week. Yeah. <laughs> 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 then you get far from home, and then yeah, that makes sense in the sequence of events. <laughs> what about the, what about the plastic side of things for you, man? This is your your very first weekend nerd talking about plastic. It's kind of awkward to say our weekend nerd in a sentence like that, but nonetheless, Ben, you, you've listened to us talk about this and Chronicle stuff, and now you're here to talk about it on the podcast with us. So lay it on us, man. Yeah, I got but nothing, man. Zero, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> no, um, yeah, it was an interesting week for me. Like over last week, I went to to maybe Troy knows this. I, I kind of went looking for um, a Mafex Psylocke figure. It was kind of released. It was released uh, maybe at the start of the month, but it was it kind of seems to be really limited. And I went into the center of Tokyo to this main place called Akihabara, where it's the kind of geek central. You know, anyone who's into anime or into toys or anything, we just go crazy in this place it's such a cool place to walk around but i never really have that much time i just it's kind of like an hour or two and i just shoot around these shops and man i looked everywhere for this figure and i just couldn't couldn't find one anywhere so i was kind of down in the dumps and yeah i went into one store and i found a found a couple of cool things i got um a bandai plastic model uh razor crest Oh, nice. And this is like a Chrome version, and they're they're really hard to find. Like they they sold out really quickly. They're really cheap, and it's a, a kind of easy build. And I was pretty happy to to find one of those. I used to make those Bandai kits, and it's been a while since I've put one together. So it was kind of cool to do that. And it's a really easy kit to put together. And man, it looks it looks really cool. I mean, you won't be able to see it on the podcast, but it's a cool oh, little. Wicked. That's sweet. Um, chrome Razor Crest, oh. and it'd be nice when I got some time. I'll I'll kind of uh, weather it a little bit and and tidy it up. So that was cool. Uh, then I spotted, like, it was a really random one. Like, um, Chris Evans over, you know, a, a, a friend of, of the the show, uh, a friend of ours. He's, he. I've talked to him about uh, Nightmare Before Christmas in the past. So I'm a big fan of, of that that movie and, and those characters. And, yeah, I just spotted this Revel Tech. It's like a Revel Tech um, figure of, of Jack Skellington. And it's a recent release. And it was just random. It was just there on the on the f- shop floor. There was only two left. It had a sign, limited release. And I just grabbed one. Some other guy grabbed one and <laughs> picked up one of those. So that's it's a nice nice one for Christmas. So yeah, I haven't opened that yet. And then the biggie for me was really random. Like on the way home, I went to this place called Mandarake. It's this collectible store, and they have a you know imported toys area. This American toys area. And I was looking around, going through the McFarlane's and the Marvel Legends, nothing there. It's right by where I work, so I check there all the time. They don't always have that much there. And as I was going around the corner, on the front desk where the guy is, you know, checking stuff, there was something that I really, really wanted. And he's just on the desk. Went up to him. I'm like, is that is that for sale? And he's like, yeah, I'm just, you know, we just got it in, scanning it now. I'm like, how much is it going to be? Told me the price. And boom. I just grabbed it straight away, and it's the Hot Toys Miles Morales. What from the video game? Got him! Got him! Troy's reaction. Dude. Oh. <laughs> and man, it was just like it's it's in a box. Like I'm considering 
making it a Christmas present because I'm so excited to open this thing mm. that I just want. I'm thinking just make it a Christmas present and open it on Christmas Day. Amazing. But like the price that I got it for, like I don't even understand why it was so cheap. Like people sell these things online for a little bit cheaper than retail, but this was such a good price. And man, like, yeah, super excited to, to grab that. So I have the Spider-Verse miles coming at some point. So it's going to be cool to have those together. All I, I want to get now is the, the Spider-Gwen. Mm. So keeping my eye open for that. I can pick that up brand new, but it, at retail, it's it's quite pricey here. So I'm trying to look for someone to sell sell me one at a cheaper price. So yeah, I think that's it for me. Wild. Man, <laughs> not, so not much. sweet, man. <laughs> you get so up here. What? <laughs> that's amazing, well, man. Oh, jeez. Wow. Well, Ian's gonna be bringing the hot toy heat, I think, to this segment, mm. and so, guys, we gotta we gotta upper game. Well, I guess maybe only me. <laughs> you guys, all the other people on here has got it pretty much locked and loaded here. But Troy, I yes, know uh, you're you're all jacked up right now. Oh, because man. of that reveal for me and but uh, did you have any success in the hunt yourself oh nothing like that no um what did i do what did i do it's been a while um i stopped in at eb games uh maybe last week and it's an eb games i never go to and boom right away i was hit with like all of the uh no way home like wave is just is all there and it's like oh no way so um i got my my number one i had to grab morlan he's he's one of my favorite spider-man villains of all time so i picked him out of that wave um i grabbed the integrated armor spider-man which is kind of weird because it doesn't come with the arms i thought they'd actually put that mm -hmm. in there yeah that kind of blew my mind that it doesn't come with actual arms i saw dr strange but i'm like yeah i got two dr strangers already i don't i don't need this guy so i threw him back but J. Joe jameson i made sure i grabbed Jay jonah um he looks fantastic they all look fantastic yeah, it's, it's awesome. He doesn't line. stand, though. One other... I can't get him to stand. Oh, is, is, is in the ankles or what? <laughs> yeah, the ankles are messed up. <laughs> maybe maybe give him uh, Charles Xavier's... What's what's yeah. the name <laughs> What's the name of the new suit with the gold the gold front? What's the name That's of the integrated suit? suit. The, the integrated, yeah. but the one that hasn't doesn't have... It's not the the armored spidey one, right? No, no, not the black one. It's the red one yeah, with yeah, the gold. It's integrated. That's integrated. Chest? Yeah. That's integrated. Yeah, that's integrated. Man, like I saw pictures of that on Instagram, and it looks amazing, man. Like the sculpt on that looks really good. Like he's, I don't know if they up their game with those those Marvel Legends. It does look really good. Yeah, I don't know. I have after looking at them, I'm like, I don't know if you had the Iron Sparter, but they look pretty similar. It's the same kind of buck, roughly. I think he's lighter. Um, I guess maybe I'm just not a fan of the design, so I'm like, just give me red and blue Spidey. <laughs> I'd be a lot happier. <laughs> okay. But I gotta have every uh mcu spidey so i i got him i got him anyways um i think i think i picked up uh i don't know if i've ever said it before but i picked up a little three and three quarter i love that marvel legends three and three quarter line so i got my hands on uh the silver surfer i think maybe i threw it out to carlos but um yeah, yeah. man how cool is he how cool is that silver surfer like with the board ah oh man. that's my favorite my favorite one man. he's dope it's the best one he's even nice. the case just on the pink the yeah pink the, and the yeah. cosmic oh, black it's such it's, a great it's, it's a fantastic looking yeah. figure so yeah, I got my hands on him. Um, I picked up the Black Spidey already. Like the, I think it's like the Inside Out suit, if, if you want to call it that. So I got my hands on him. Um, but it's been like a, a Spider-Man movie going experience lately because I went back. I've been watching all of, you know what? I was kind of hard on 
on Hawkeye already, so I won't go too much on the Sam Raimi films, but we'll just say I watched all of them. Um, but then <laughs> I went right to the right to the good stuff, man. Andrew Garfield still holds it down. I had a, a Garfield moment, so I watched all of those. I've been going back to Homecoming because that's still like my number one. And then um, obviously the No Way Home. And I even went back to like the Civil War scenes. Like that airport scene is amazing. The Infinity War stuff is great. And then obviously the Endgame stuff. And then it was a weird thing because it was Spider Monday going on right is the 28th last night um oh no 29th i'm confused right now it's the 29th Eight. last night what day is it right now is it 30th 29th it's 30th in japan okay so it's 28th <laughs> so, te- so, so it's- technically so technically you're right kind of yeah, yeah. but um depends where you are I, I for some reason i thought the new update for the marvel avengers game was going to have the spider-man appearance yesterday i don't know why i thought it was yesterday but I waited till like 12 o'clock at midnight for that to drop. So I just wanted to play it. But then I'm like, wait a second. Like the, the, the tickets come out. So this is, this is awesome. Like I'm going to get the tickets. I'm going to get Spider-Man. I'm going to start playing. And then I start hearing all the fuss. Like this is impossible to get for like a Thursday showing. So I'm on my phone like crazy. Like I, I got to get this. Spider-Man's in my blood. I got to, I got to watch this movie. And so I landed the two tickets for the Thursday 630 showing. Cause like, I, I can't miss this show. I got to see it right away. And then, after that success, I was like, wait a second, Spider-Man doesn't come out today. It comes out the next night. So I was like, oh, man. But it worked out anyways, because at least by me staying up late to play that game, it allowed me to get my tickets for the Thursday showing. So it was a win. You got to take your wins where you can. So um, that was it, man. And then I, I still haven't picked up any of the comics, though. I'm behind on my Spider-Man Beyond, but I can't wait to jump back into that uh, that series. And um, tick, tick, boom. Andrew Garfield, yeah. man, that's another thing I watched, Ooh, and uh, what a I love it, man. Cause I'm, I'm a big fan of of Rent, and you no, know, I love like Broadway shows, but not all the time they translate well uh, as a movie going experience. But I thought this movie did such a wicked job of translating even just some of the scenes going into like music breakouts, mm-hmm. as if like if people actually did sing in real life, maybe this is how it actually happened. So they do some mm-hmm. pretty cool things. Um, there's a great cameo scene there where I'm like, oh my God, it's that person and that woman and that guy. Like, yeah. there's a great scene there as just like loving life. And um, in my opinion, I know a lot of people like Into the Heights. I feel like this blows Into the Heights out of the water. This was like my number one when it comes to, um, I guess, one of your latest modern day musicals uh, movie adaptations. So it's great. And Andrew Garfield, man, this guy has to get it nominated. He has to be nominated because he He's killed so it. Man, good for sure. He so killed good it, especially man. when you see later on in the film, the actual... Uh, act or uh, not actor, but actual Jonathan um, Larson. Jonathan Larson, right? It's just like wow, his mannerisms were just amazing. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's a great film. Anybody out there, go see it. I mean, it's on Netflix. Go check yeah. it out. Yeah. yeah, man. Let me tell you, I literally almost beat by beat had the exact same week as Troy. <laughs> 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 like, no joke, no joke. I wandered into a Walmart and. A Walmart, like I don't go to a lot way down south because I had to reluctantly go and pick up a load of groceries that my wife had ordered at the wrong superstore. It's like, I'm going to make something out of this. I whip in here, look on the fig aisle, nothing going on. I go around the corner at end cap, like back end cap that faces the Lego, and I look down at the bottom hidden, the entire No Way Home wave just sitting there. It's like, <laughs> oh, shoot. Okay, so I grab the two Spideys. I grab the J. Jonah and I grab the Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange isn't one to sleep on. This is the best Doctor Strange they put out, like by, by far. I compare. I don't yeah, have the face the, is better than the original. It's way better than the original one. Way better. The yeah, cape is yeah. better. The cloak and all that is really good. You know, mm. this looks like Doctor Strange, not Mephisto. 
So it's it's good fig, and the actually the 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 little pieces I'm gonna show the guys here, but um on the hand like with the the normal when he's doing the magic and all that, normally it's like something that slips over the wrist. This one's actually a hand swap with like the piece on it glued onto it, yeah. and so mm-hmm. it's way better, and it looks so that's way like better. That's like the second one. That's like the one from uh the three pack. It's the same. Oh, is that I don't that. have that three pack. Same. I have the two figures oh, that are beside. Yeah, it. okay, it's a hand cool. that you swap out instead. Yeah. Yeah, and I actually I threw the on the Spider Man the black integrated suit like the magic suit I think I just put it on there the other one so it's like he's doing magic from the trailer or whatever. But, it sucks uh, though that they didn't finish the hands on that one on the Spidey, so that yeah. Spidey suit's not accurate to what it should be in the yeah the movie concept. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There'll yeah. be a re release and there's gonna be this red suit. I guarantee it'll be a two pack or something with MJ or Ned or something with the arms in it. That's what they did Doc last Doc. time. Yeah. Yeah, well, that would be amazing. Yeah. But I think it's a, it's a isn't it a different? It's a different suit, though, right? No, the suit that he wears, with that the advanced yeah. suit is different than the spi- the uh, yeah, there's the iron the, spider, the, and then um, there's the integrated. iron spider suit. Yeah, so integrated, it's, and there's the iron one. Integrated doesn't have arms, yeah. though, right? Yeah, integrated does. Yeah, they yeah, both. So there's there's two different. There's I think like the, at the start he's wearing the iron spider suit yeah. with the arms, and the integrated suit that has a bit more material to it and less armor. Yeah, I yeah. think it also has arms golden arms yeah oh does yeah. it really oh, i didn't know yeah, that, i didn't catch that oh, first right. yeah. so i was under the impression i thought the iron spider he's got the arms but i i felt that the ox steals his uh nanotech mm-hmm. so he doesn't have those anymore so he has to make a new suit so i didn't realize mm-hmm. that so i'll have to he just goes on his jet right and makes right. the suit easy peasy <laughs> you're tony you're tony who can have tony Bro, yeah. bro, come on, bro! Making the suit, but making the arms—I didn't know he could—he could make some new arms. Yeah. His, but yeah. his swipe card it's, still it's works at his dad's office, yeah. so he just goes in there and uses the lab. <laughs> yeah, that. Oh, look, look! There was in that Hawkeye show. There was a homecoming reference back to Tony selling the uh, the tower. So there you go. There you go. It's all. It's all. It's all connected. It all works. Do you know? I was wondering if that when he says that, is that a reference to Kang, the Conqueror? Because in the comics, Kang. Buys Stark's building, right? He owns probably a Baxter type thing. Like, I imagine they're going to turn into the Baxter building. Yeah, or Norman. Well, I guess maybe not Norman now. Or Oscorp. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It could be, but but we'll see. And then I went back to the Spider-Man movies as well. I watched (laughs) Spider-Man One with Toby, and yeah, I continued there. And then I went on to (laughs) Amazing. And look, I. Do not remember this movie being that good. Like Andrew Garfield is awesome in this, yeah. and that the He's whole really story's good. good. It all works. Man, I'm kind of I'm gonna go back to two, but I'm kind of disappointed that we didn't get a three out of this one now. Yeah, man. And then I watched Tick Tick Boom yeah. as well, <laughs> and he's amazing <laughs> in that. We watched my wife and I watched it last night and had a time with it. And I'm thinking more and more now, like I want Andrew back in that role. Like I want him mm-hmm. back for the Sony verse. So it's so weird that you watch these, you guys watch that, and it's like I just walk into my living room the other day, and my wife's got it on TV as well. It's like we all we got to watch that movie in, in the same yeah, week. That's awesome. It's so weird. Yeah, it's strange. So we're going to be talking Spider Man on episode 300. We're going to be doing a little bit of a retrospective on that, talking through some of this stuff as we get ready for No Way Home. That's our next big film coming out here that we're going to be talking about. Of course, we've got some more Hawkeye discourse to have across the table here over the next few weeks we'll probably put a pin in that until maybe the final episode we'll probably touch on a little bit how we're thinking things are going but not any deep dives like we did today and of course book of boba fett is coming there's there's a lot we've got our year in review episode 
are most anticipated for 2022. So a ton of content coming here from the Nerd Room. So tune back every single Thursday. And if you'd like to be a bigger part of those discussions, you can always email us at thenerdroom at gmail.com. You can find everything we do over the nerdroom.net. The hunt is real, and it's over on Instagram. You're going to see some No Way Home figures up there later on. And let's see what the other guys here. we got to get Ian contributing to that as well with these hot toys. And YouTube, guys, one video a week going up there. That is the Nerd Room Podcast on YouTube. Ian is killing it over there. Your Toy Sapiens tour is friggin' awesome. Go check that out. Mm-hmm. There's a Mafex Spidey. There's uh, my Ghostbusters and TMNT collection. We've got a new video going up this week, Christmas-themed. So make sure to head over there and check that out you can also catch the live stream with vigilante boys is up there as well that kind of expands and elaborates on some of the discussions we had here tonight about hawkeye and no way home and last but not least twitter that is where you're fine is hanging out on a daily basis talking nerd or handles at the end of the episode so make sure to catch us over there so gentlemen it's been another great episode a bit of a longer one but i uh, always love chatting toys so i can't cut us off early there so with all of that being said, for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. I'm Batman. And I am inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll talk, to, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from the Nerd Room, check out the nerdroom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to the Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from the Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.